is good, defenders, and welcome to episode 176 of the most LAFC podcast on earth. You know my voice. I am the scarf, J.R. Liebert, and we are finally back in world-famous Philomonster Studios in beautiful Burbank, California, home for at least a few minutes anyway of the big rig car chase of the evening. (laughs) And I am a mere six feet away from my partner in pod for all 176 episodes, three years plus and kicking one Christian Philly Philemon. I give you the beast from the East Coast. Christian Philly Philemon. You know, you mentioned that big rig chase. Good yes. evening, defenders, or good morning. Yes, hello. You mentioned that big rig chase. And I was wondering why the heck I've been so mellow. Because I was, you know, I had feelings and emotions because of last night. And we'll yes. talk about why we didn't record the pod on that momentarily. And then I had emotions as a result of a, uh, a certain Portland RSL match. But I'm a little more relaxed and subdued. Why? Why? Because you subjected me to hours of big rig watching car chases. Yes. 24 miles per hour. That dude was on his... I mean, he had no more rubbers, let's put it that way. I could have cycled faster than that big rig was going, but watching that certainly subdued me, Scarf. But it certainly feels good to be back here, back at World Famous Fellow Monster Studios. And you know why I'm really happy about it, Scarf? Why are you really happy about it? Because that big rig car chase, according to Twitter, is still going on? Well, thankfully, something changed, and obviously because you and I... Both have the ADHD. We we yes. thought squirrel, and then we moved on to different things. Yes. He was defenders. He was threatening me to like stay up till two thirty in the morning until this thing was over. It and was I a said, promise, I had to put threat. my foot down. But world famous Philo Monster Studios, as you know, if you are a listener, if you're one of the millions and millions, then you know that this house was subject to be sold, and it was set to sell. And then I had the unfortunate incident of a fire sprinkler pipe bursting. Easy for you to say. Yeah, easy for me to say, but we got it fixed. We got it patched up. The uh, the buyer wanted me to replace my entire kitchen cabinetry, and let's just say I gave him a couple of expletives that we won't use on a family-friendly podcast. Thank you. So needless to say, we will be in world-famous Phila Monster Studios for a while longer. Scarf, I was actually supposed to close escrow on the November the 4th. Yeah, that's uh, in 39 minutes <laughs> from right now. So I, I do want to say something that I don't say very often here on Defenders of the Bank, the most LAFC podcast currently recorded in Burbank. Uh, here's here's what I say, and, and I mean this with all my heart. Philly had a wonderful idea. Yep, I said it. There it is. <laughs> Philly had a great idea today. See, I thought... The so, funny thing is I don't even know where he's going with this. No, it's okay, because it's actually true. This is not a tongue-in-cheek really good idea. This is an actual really good idea from Philly. So... I thought, you know, my I coach my girls' volleyball right now. Shout out to Rob Risley, by the way, and his girls over at St. Matt's. An incredible game in our Monday playoff match. Coached my girls today. We played against WNS, Westside Neighborhood School. Unfortunately, they got the W. Not very original name. Yeah, not unfortunate for them, but unfortunate for my girls. They played very hard. Super proud of these girls uh, to make it all the way to the semifinals, to make it top eight and then top four, which was kind of cool for them. But... Uh, I thought, all right, game's going to be over at like 4.15 or so. I'll get out to Burbank by about 5.15. We'll record <laughs> early. Traffic. You must be mad. Uh, you know, at the 5.30 or so. You know, it, it was the, the traffic going in the wrong direction. There was no 24-mile-an-hour big rig chase, but it's still <laughs> still awful traffic for sure on the 405 to the, the 101 and oh, that whole bleh, It's just awful when <laughs> you're thinking about it. But I thought, you know what? We're going to get a really early start on recording. And again, I would like to remind you, it is currently 11.22 p.m. on 
Wednesday evening, November the 3rd. So much for the early start, but Philly was right. Philly said, you know, Scarf, we're going to talk about all these different playoff permutations and decision day happenings. Why don't we just wait until after the super important match today between Portland and RSL? And I said to myself, you know what, self, you got to listen to Philly on this one. I don't say that very often, but Philly was 100% correct. So we started to watch. And then lo and behold, at about what, 8.30, 8.45 or so, we get that most beautiful phone call from Nina alerting us of this big rig chase. And here we are. We were pipping. We, we were kicking we, off recording. We were pipping, picture and picturing. We were. That's, we were yeah. pipping. It was, it was pretty neat. We took a picture. We put it on the Twitters. So check it out if you'd like. It's apparently still going on. I don't know anything about it. But Philly, you had the bright idea of waiting. You were right, sir, because now we get to confuse everybody at the end of the episode with all of the different playoff permutations and decision day doings that we need LAFC and some help to do in order to get to the MLS Cup playoffs in just a week and a half or two. It was kind of it's stupid having to rely on all these dumb permutations. It and is. I know there's plenty of people out there that just wanted it to be plain and simple. And that's LAFC just winning two games outright, propelling us into the MLS Cup playoffs, and not having to worry about all the other nonsense around us. But with the way this season is going, nope. the nonsense continues. And yep. at least our hopes, at least we're not dead in the water yet. I, I, I don't like the permutations whatsoever, but hey... Here we are, but Scarf, yeah. we, uh, I think we did a good thing because yesterday was the last day of the regular season at Bank of California Stadium, and normally we would record that evening. It was a good thing that we did wait, right? We didn't wait because it was a hashtag blame Philly scenario. My friend, how are you doing? Oh. You weren't feeling very well, and you worked well into the <laughs> night. All right, so uh, yeah, by about, the, about halftime, uh, I turned to Nina and I was like, you know, not gonna lie, I'm not feeling so good right now. And it was, it was some nausea, some dizziness, some stuff that I don't normally get. I, I definitely don't get. I mean, the watching dizziness. LAFC certainly felt that I, way. I mean, yeah, there's been I've been nauseated several times watching it. Uh, but that being said, by about the 75th minute, I started to get that tunnel vision, and then I got this feeling behind my left eye, and I thought, uh-oh. All right, <laughs> There's so, Philly again. <laughs> so, th- <laughs> so this I am familiar with. I do have a, a small history of migraines. Both my mother and I get them. My mom, she she's kind of actually grown out of them over the last couple of years or so. Maybe it has to do with maybe the heart medication she's taking or the wine that she now drinks on occasion when she uh, gets home. But... I, I haven't had a migraine that bad in quite some time, and uh, I, I actually left the game early. I have no problem saying that here on the podcast because I was worried I wouldn't be able to drive home. It was one of those where the tunnel started to get smaller and smaller and smaller, kind of like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, <laughs> and then all of a sudden that would be it for me, and uh, Judge Doom would win with the dip. And so what I you're saying be, uh, is you were on your way to Toontown. I, I felt like it, that's for sure. And and look, I, I barely had anything to drink. Shoot, I barely had anything to eat. I had some of those those chicken lollipop things or whatever they had there. Those were really good, by the way. Shout out, by the way, shout out to Founders Club. You guys got it really, really right this year. We really appreciate that. It's been it's been a wonderful experience. But yeah, so 75th minute, I I had I, I had to go. I, I, I puked a couple of times and I drove to the next location and puked again and puked again and then it started to maybe subside by about two or three in the morning but you know that's neither here nor there so philly has really good notes on the second half i've still got my immaculate notes on the first half i've got you know punctuation and and i've got spelling and all kinds of fun stuff we're gonna see how the second half notes go everybody it'll be uh reading hieroglyphics with philly 
Uh, yeah, you won't make fun of me if you know what's good for you, Scarf, if you know what's good for you. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's the story there. So for once, it wasn't a hashtag blame Philly scenario, but you know, I- I'm glad you're okay, my friend, because I didn't find out about any of the other regurgitations yeah. or the migraine stuff un- until today. I figured you were just so bitterly angry at Raheem Edwards turning the ball over Ugh. on a, what would end up as a quick counter goal yeah. for Vancouver, but hey, uh, we'll talk about that later. Why don't you bless the Millions. And millions. Had to do it one more time early on in the pod with this day in LAFC history. Yeah, this day in LAFC history. We are recording this on Wednesday, November 3rd, but something we had to make sure we got in, it's been about a week since we have potted, was the big news on October 30th, 2014, and that would be that the city of Los Angeles would be awarded their first major league soccer franchise October 30th, 2014. Mm, that's going to rub some people the wrong I way. I have no idea what you're talking about. LAFC, <laughs> born October 30th, 2014. And as the first 3252 scarf said, there is still only one team in Los Angeles. So congratulations to LAFC on their born day, celebrating their seventh year as our club, October 30th, 2014. The birth of LAFC as MLS awards Los Angeles with their first Major League Soccer franchise on the first in 2008. LAFC hosts Real Salt Lake in a game where Philly and I got to cancel some travel plans. Our first ever playoff game. And of course... That's why we love Southwest now, by the way. We lose 3-2. Right, there you go. We lose 3-2 in that playoff game. The two goals were scored, of course, by LAFC legends Danilo Silva in the 31st minute and current Aberdeen legend Christian Ramirez in the 54th minute. Christian Ramirez is playing really well in Aberdeen right now. The first two goals in LAFC playoff history, unfortunately, we would allow the first three goals in LAFC playoff history. Uh, here's some some crazy stats from that game, Philly. Danilo Silva, a long career. He played for Dinamo Kiev yep. for quite some time. Played all, all over Europe for a little bit. It was his first ever goal in his career in that playoff match. That's kind of neat. And unfortunately, it's a giggity own goal in the 69th minute for Walker Zimmerman. It was the only own goal that LAFC allowed all season. So we had a magical first year, 57 points, broke the record for most points by an expansion club. But, man, just the heartbreaking way. Was it Demir Krylock with a pair of goals in that match, I believe? Yeah, we well? called that pod for Krylocking out loud. Yeah, that was that was a rough one. The first ever playoff match in LAFC history. We go down 3-2. That was November 1st, 2018. And I did want to highlight this one as well. It is today, November 3rd, like I said. On November 3rd, 2017, four years ago, LAFC launches the Youth Leadership Program as the first community initiative in club history. The YLP has been absolutely incredible and a huge fabric of our being a force for good, our being the club LAFC. So I wanted to make sure we mentioned that on the 3rd in 2017, LAFC launching the Youth Leadership Program as the first community initiative in club history. And that, my friends, is this day. In LAFC history, Philly, lots of news and notes, but one thing we want to hit right off the top, congratulations to Edward and Daniela Atuesta, 
Matias Atuesta is born. The LAFC family Philly gets bigger. No, it's fantastic. I mean, Edward Atuesta has been sidelined with the shoulder injury, and he hasn't been in practice much. But hey, for good reason, his family grows. His son is born in the U.S., and I wonder if he got the name from a certain San Jose coach. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not, but welcome, Matias Atuesta. Everybody's doing well from what we gather. We saw Edward yesterday. Very good stuff. So congratulations to the Atuesta family. Uh, in addition, Scarf, yeah. we had a Dia de los Muertos community altar that was set up right next to Free Play. It was a beautiful setup. It was done by the 3252. It was great. I mean, it was an open invitation to everybody within the LAFC community to place their mementos and offerings. It went down on on Monday. There was a drum circle and an altar presentation at 930. They kept that for the following day. I mean, it was such a beautiful display. And look, growing up in New York, I didn't see a lot of these traditions, especially growing up in a in a Jewish neighborhood in Queens. But to see like Dia de los Muertos and actually get a really really good understanding of it, certainly appreciated it. I mean, I thought about the uh, the people that have been in my life that have passed on, and I, I thought about them in a very positive, celebratory way. I had my grandfather's ring on. I had the uh, the Forza Mo armband on. I mean, there's certain people, obviously, we all had in our thoughts and memories, but what a beautiful altar that they had. Yeah, Philly learning the word ofrenda for the first time. That was kind of neat. What I say? That's the, no, I'm saying that was the name for the altar, the ofrenda. Oh, uh, uh, oh no, I, I just learned it. that word just now, so uh, thank you. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I do want to give a quick shout out to, to Ernesto Irena on Instagram, at Ernesto Irena, Y-E-R-E-N-A. He designed the incredible skull. Uh, it was just, I mean... I don't know that there's better art out there that uh, LAFC has been a part of. It's a lot of talented people in our community. Absolutely. The uh, Calaveras, was uh, it was a beautiful uh, print that he had designed for LAFC. And again, the, the celebration went all the way through the match. Uh, the incredible TIFO, which we'll talk about at the start of the game, uh, just 32-52 continues to just raise the bar. An incredible TIFO before the match. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not embarrassed to say that there were definitely some tears in my eyes when I watched that video with Dave Denholm and Darren Keepers. Such a cool thing that this family, the Keepers family, you know, they became LAFC fans actually because of our radio voice, Dave Denholm. Philly and I have been lucky enough to spend some time with Dave Denholm on a couple of different occasions. One of the nicest people that you will meet. He is a really, really good... <laughs> Philly says I say that all the you, time. You I really do. If you were to go back to listen to the last 175 oh, episodes, there's probably about 37 people that you've said this about. Well, then you know what? If you've had that on your LAFC bingo card, make sure you mark <laughs> off one of the nicest people that you'll ever meet. Now, Dave Denholm really is, and it was such a cool story. Um, you know, Darren's wife really got into LAFC because of how well that Dave describes the match on the radio. And and Darren Keepers is blind and is only able to experience these matches through the calls uh, that he hears on the radio. And it was such an inspirational story to hear how how that really brought the Keepers family into the LAFC family. And and here's hoping, if he hasn't already, that Darren and his wife get to experience a game in the North End in the 3252, because that was something, Philly, that he had mentioned in the video that he wanted to make sure that he might be able to do sometime soon. Dave Denholm really is the man. I mean, going back to the, uh, to I don't want to go back to revisiting 2020, but one of the interesting things that we did a podcast for was Dave Denholm's version of 
the, the Cali, well, not the Cali Classico, that's not the right one, but the match between Carson and, and LAFC, how he described that in, in a game that never existed. <laughs> never existed. And yet we still listened to the whole thing and we were still enamored and excited by a fake imaginary game. And that was really, really cool. So, hey, one of the many reasons why Dave Denholm is the man. But something else that transpired over the course of this past week, something that I know would make your arm hairs rise with excitement, Scarf. Yes. Is a new scarf dropping and merch dropping for born <laughs> and raised in L.A. You said scarf dropping, and that made me giggle for a minute there. <laughs> <laughs> there better be no scarf droppings in Phil Monster Studios. No, no, that was just Schmitty. That was not me, I swear. But Schmitty's got that, that little robot, the yeah, thing that he, like Dr. Evil's cat looks like. He does have flying. a little robot. Look, born and raised at LAFC came my together for one of the coolest collaborations that I have ever seen in Major League Soccer. Show me the list of cool collaborations that have ever happened. I mean, look, it may not be as cool as Raising Canes, Carson, but uh, being able to work with Born Rays is pretty sweet for our club. And for everyone who thinks that, oh, he's the scarf guy for LAFC, he gets insider information and, and he gets he gets first pick of all of these drops and everything, I promise you, I was online at 12 o'clock, like every single one of you out there, and, and nobody from the club, nobody, uh, nobody around offered me something before it all went on sale. It just went on sale, and I logged in at 12 o'clock, and I put two scarves in my cart. I have no problem saying I tried to buy two, and I went to go pay for it, and it said in like 37 seconds, this item is no longer in stock. So no scarf for scarf. I did buy one of the t-shirts. Because I am born and raised in LA, so and and I said, Philly, did you get any T-shirts, Philly? What was your response? I don't, I don't want to be a poser. I'm not born and raised in LA. I, just, I didn't feel I right. I didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, it's LAFC swag. What do you? Yeah, but about? I didn't feel right taking it away from somebody that actually did grow up around here. It I, didn't. I do agree. It didn't feel right. I do. It was a born and raised like Mets T-shirt. I'd been like, yeah, I'll be the first <laughs> one in line for that. But I, I just, I couldn't do it. I rep LAFC, but I'm not born and raised in LA. No, totally agree. Totally agree. So how about this though? I'm all bummed. I'm at work. By the way, I, I was supposed to be teaching a class at that point, but I have no problem saying my kids were working on a Latin translation at the time. I teach middle school Latin, and I did have two seconds to hop over to my computer, try to log on. I couldn't get in the queue. If there was a queue, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to log on 1159. It's going to take me a minute and a half. We'll see if I'm able to do it real quick. I got a text. <laughs> I, You've done I plenty just, of other things in a minute and a half I, from what I've been told. Wow. <laughs> well, what wow. do you think? What, what, what are you? I was, I was referring to you chugging a beer. Yeah, I was going to say eating a chili dog. <laughs> but uh, no, I get a text from Nina. And she goes, you won't believe this. I was able to get in and get you a scarf. Floor. Oh, Nina the Floor. sniper Kiefer. I don't even know how that happened. I just, I said, I love you. Thank you. You are amazing. So I was able to score one of the born raised LAFC scarves. Uh, so very happy about that. I got one. I got, I got one. Uh, very excited. <laughs> a new scarf into the collection. A really cool idea. Uh, whether that was Rich or the rest of the marketing team out there, just a great idea for this collaboration. And and for all of you that are lamenting the fact that you couldn't get anything, I'm with you. It was it was really difficult. They they did still have shirts and sweatshirts. The sweatshirts were only. What, $150 or so? No, $160. And no discount applied. Philly's bracelets are still glowing red from the Yamava Casino Veronica's Insurance 
LAFC themed light show bracelets. I I heard the light show was pretty cool. By the way, Philly, what did you think? Of that? I mean, it was very cool. I mean, if you would have tuned into Defenders uh, Instagram Live, you would have seen it. But actually, I was, I was trying to just keep my eyes. Well, open. I mean, I did post it, so actually, I have the oh, full ten minutes worth of it. I'll have to check with that commentary. Out. You know, you would think Philly that a player who has been so feverishly adored for now four seasons, like Carlos Vela. You would think that at some point, the LAFC fans, the millions, and millions, would would all have their different Carlos Vela jerseys in their closets. Philly, I know you have several kits in your closet uh, repping Carlos Vela. But yes, yet, that would be correct. 2018, Carlos Vela, number two in Major League Soccer jersey sales. 20- Actually, Scarf, yes. number three in jersey sales. Joseph Martinez and Raul Ruiz Diaz. He he didn't listen when I said 2018, did he? He thinks. Oh, I'm sorry. I jumped. I I jumped the gun. That's okay. 2018, Carlos Vela number two. Dang it! I was trying to stump the scarf, and apparently I stumped (laughs) myself. In jersey sales, behind one Zlatan Ibrahimovic. 2019, number three in jersey sales. Once again, number one Zlatan Ibrahimovic. 2020, number one in jersey sales in Major League Soccer. So three years of being number two, number three, and now number one. And yet still, number three in jersey sales in 2021. What I love is number one was Vela in 2020, right behind him, Chicharito. Number three in 2021, right behind him, Chicharito. So I guess that marketing ploy, I mean signing a couple of years ago, for Carson, still not selling more jerseys than Carlos Vela. And Carlos Vela's been around two more years. Congrats to Carlos Vela. Unfortunately, no other LAFC players, Philly, in the top 25. I am just saying, however, Walker Zimmerman, number 17. Uh, congratulations to Hani Mukhtar, 20, rounding out the 25. Yeah, Hani Mukhtar. Uh, Nashville really supporting their club very well. Philly, we don't have this in our notes, but I, I actually forgot to mention this to you. Here's a crazy stat. Now, Premier League is only five games in or so. La Liga just getting started. You know, all the big the big leagues in Europe just getting started, right? But a month and a half, two months into the season, Philly, crazy stat. You ready for this? I'm dying to Atlanta know. United. I don't know if you saw this. Number nine in world football attendance per game. I mean, I believe that. 43,000 plus people. Atlanta United, number nine in all of football. Manchester United being number one, by the way, at Old Trafford, 73,000 per game is about what they average. But in all of the leagues, Atlanta United, number nine, no other MLS team, obviously, in the top 25. But a really cool stat. I mean, if they say that soccer isn't supported here in the United States, Atlanta, not a soccer hotbed before the Atlanta United got there in 2017. Atlanta, not a soccer hotbed. Number nine in the world, Philly. In the world. I mean, that's a, that's a really cool stat. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Mercedes-Benz Stadium does get filled up with all the supporters that Atlanta United has. They created a really, really cool thing in terms of a culture, in terms of a brand, in terms of a team. And hell, they've... I mean, we constantly get get compared to them, and obviously, we fall short to the fact that we don't have as many uh, trophies in our in our cabinet as as Atlanta United does. But yo, kudos to them; they had the space. I mean, they play in a football stadium, and they created and generated a whole lot of buzz, and they put together a great team. So, I mean, they're winning on the pitch. They're winning. Well, eh, you know, they won on the pitch, and they're winning off the pitch too, and in the stands. So, I don't I don't harbor any animosity towards Atlanta United. I really have no reason to. 
Yeah, I want to want to throw out just a couple of quick things. This is an article from what is this? 2019. Where's that article that I was looking for? Uh it's really incredible to see how MLS is stacking up year over year. They were growing as much as any league in the world. Just just really cool to see how soccer is finally, you know, re- not just catching on, right? But it's really taking hold. Look, it's it's going to surpass some of these other big leagues. I know Philly, you don't think it'll surpass the NHL someday here in America, but I think it very well could. I mean, it's a lot easier for kids to play soccer than it is hockey. And I do think there's 162 games, 81 home games in a Major League Baseball season. They're not nearly as important as the 17 home games that you get in your market in Major League Soccer. I think at some point, the only thing that Major League Soccer is doing to kind of limit itself is putting itself in these soccer-specific stadiums that only hold 20, 21, 22,000 people. But it, one day, it could rival MLB. How about Chicho Arango Philly? He has never represented the national team of Colombia, but he has been called in to represent Colombia on the senior national team for the very first time. They play Brazil November 11th and Paraguay on the 16th. Congratulations to who, Philly? <laughs> Keepers, he's thrashing and checks, he is cashing. Yes, it's Chicho. You now have, you might have a cap. No, that's a cool thing, man. I mean, the fact that he's played in 16 games, scored 13 goals here in LA, it goes to show you that MLS isn't a place where people come to die. It's where people come to thrive. And there's plenty of other young talent on this MLS roster that could represent Colombia. I'm talking about you, Edward Atuesta. So very cool that he gets the nod. Playing in Major League Soccer, this is only going to make him better. This is only going to make his career thrive. And hey, he bursted on the scene in August, and look at what he's done. These past couple of months have been friendlier than nobody on our team other than Chicho Arango. Except for that header of this game, but we'll talk about that later. I mean, look, yeah, look. We're, yeah, all right, we'll talk okay. about that later. Uh, speaking of which, by the way, the only other MLS player called in to represent Colombia, you know who it is? Eh. The Problem. Yamar Gomez Andrade, the oh, other guy. MLS player. And by the way, I mentioned this to you when we were talking about Hamas Rodriguez is playing in Cutter. I, I there's no money idea. there, Scarf. Yeah, there's but, money man, there. Is there? Does any? If a tree falls in the wood and it doesn't make a sound, does anybody care? Oh yeah, it's a rich tree, but still, it falls. In I the mean, wood. it's a very rich tree. He can fall off every single <laughs> rich branch and come out extremely wealthy. Remember when he was considered like up and coming, the third best player in the world at some point after that World Cup? Well, I mean, he ended up in Cutter, and obviously realizing that his stock was falling. You know, that's the case at what it was in terms of his overall rankings. But you know what's not falling, Scarf? What's his that? bank account? No. If he's in Cutter, chances are he is hanging out with some chic, chilling on on some yacht somewhere in some yep. man-made body of water. I don't, I don't, I don't think he's <laughs> it is living definitely man-made. You are right. Yeah, I don't think he's living a a, a bad life. Let's say other things that are let's say smooth segues with defenders of the bank. Speaking of things whose stock is falling, let's talk about Fenerbahce. Fenerbahce and Diego Rossi. Diego Rossi started and played the first seventy-one minutes in Fenerbahce's two-one loss. To Allianzpor, Fenerbahce have now dropped their last three matches in the Turkish Super League, which has seen them fall from first to seventh. It is a very competitive top eight in the Turkish Super League. They are now eight points back of Trabzonspor. (laughs) 
And, and it's I'm, funny. I feel like these are the only three teams you ever mentioned in, 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 the, in the Turkish Super League. I haven't heard you talk about Galatasaray or Besiktas or anybody else. It's always Alana Yaspor and, yeah. and Trabanspor. It's just like, did, 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 does Fenerbahce play anybody else? They, look, they're, they're behind Besiktas. They're behind all of those other clubs that you mentioned. The Gal- they're behind the Galatasaray's of the. Uh, I mean, it's, it's not looking good right now for Fenerbahce. It's not because of Diego Rossi. He's been one of the highest rated players on Fenerbahce this season, but it has not looked good so far for Fenerbahce in these last three. They are now, again, seventh in the Turkish Super League. You know what else is not good, Scarf? (laughs) This Smirnoff ice spicy tamarind that you brought to Phil Monster Studios. This stuff is so bad. Here's the thing. Shout out to the Twins. By the way, if you ever hear us talk about it in a positive way, it means because we sold out and they're our sponsor. (laughs) So maybe we could do like a reverse like sponsor negotiation. This one's pretty bad. Your brand Uh, sucks. Uh, <laughs> Two was, weeks later, we love spicy tamarind Smirnoff ice. It, it was—it's not good. It tastes like flat soda that you left out on the counter all day and uh, came back after work. And I feel like, like eh. this is what you would power one of those birds with. That you know those scooters. Like I feel like this is yeah, what like a bird powered on, on Smirnoff ice tamarind. <laughs> yeah, look, my trip down to Leon was absolutely incredible. We had a wonderful. You know, time. we have to finish this. By the way, we, there's only two left. So good, we have to finish there. this because I don't want to look at it ever Thank again. God, I only bought six of them. Look, I went down to Leon and they have the Smirnoff Tamarind Vodka. Not Smirnoff Ice, but the actual Tamarind Vodka. It's incredible. The real man's dream. Really enjoyed it. It was really? Is that, is that what you're going to do? I mean, look, I mean, better than the Smirnoff Ice. Yeah, it's true. So we had a great time with that. Hi, so sir. I, I'd like a six pack of your Smirnoff Ice Tamarind. I don't. Is that is that is that wait, how it sounded? I, when do you I went? sound like that? What just happened? What? That <laughs> I, I, is not. That is not how I sound. <laughs> that, that was a sad version of like Oliver Twist going. Please, sir, can <laughs> sir, I have I'm another? Have some more of this terrible <laughs> beverage, sir. <laughs> Speaking of other things that are terrible, let's we give our fun. final Las Vegas Lights update of the year. The season has come to a close for the Las Vegas Lights as the Tampa Bay Rowdies and their biggest fan, Red Madrona. Take out the Las Vegas lights, putting them out of their misery on Saturday, October 30th, two to one behind a brace from Steven Dos Santos for the reason not to like any footballer with the last name Dos Santos. If you're an LAFC supporter, the Las Vegas lights goal was scored by the machete Danny Trejo in the 24th minute. The lights point total of 21 in their matches put them 30th. Out of 32 teams in the USL Championship. Sweet, not last. Not last. And there's 77 goals allowed on the season in just 32 matches. Was just one fewer than the league high of 78 allowed by Loudoun United. Familiar names at the top of the goal scoring sheet for Vegas on the season. Cal Jennings, a team high 11 goals on the season in just 20 matches for the Las Vegas Lights, followed by Danny Musovsky with five. Jennings also co-led the club in assists with four, along with Roberto Molina, with Bryce Duke, Tony Leone, and Mohamed Traore all tallying three assists on the season. That puts to bed the 2021 USL Championship run for the Las Vegas Lights. And as my favorite wrestler says, The Undertaker, rest in 
piece. No, I love that was a rough season. I love how like in detail you went about the Las Vegas Lights season. I mean, look, I'll tell you this: like, obviously, it was not a very good season. Scarf's talked about that throughout the course of these podcasts several weeks now. I still had one of the most fun experiences uh, of the year going over to Las Vegas with Panda and everybody from the Ontario Fury. Really cool times, but. Uh, you know, you give enough time to Las Vegas lights, and that's cool. But I somehow feel like every once in a while, we need to be like, when we talk about the lights, like, let, let's hearken like the family guy where they have Ollie for the weather report. Like, <laughs> now for the lights. They're Scarf. really bad. <laughs> they lost. Thanks, Ollie. <laughs> Thanks, Scarf. Goodness. I, believe that's- me, there were plenty of times where that's how I wanted to do it for, uh, for the updates here. They played 32 matches. They lost 23. So uh, I mean, look, our boys got some burns. Some of these kids got good. Cal Jennings, we obviously got to see a lot more of. Danny Musovsky got some run. Tony Leone got some run. Danny Trejo obviously doing some pretty good things. Uh, I mean, look, it's... The, the partnership, call it what you will, but still kind of cool that we did have some representation there. And look, man, for anybody who's gone to see a Las Vegas Lights game, I know there's plenty of members that listen to this podcast uh, that have gone. It's it's a cool experience. And yeah, you want to ache it like it's a minor league baseball. I mean, when they play on a minor league baseball field, yeah, that's absolutely what's going to happen. But money drops. There are llamas. I still haven't figured out how to sit in a poolside cabana or well, whatever. Well, that's because you is. weren't. You didn't come with the sun. I trip. know. Some of us have to work. I have to. It was know. a weekend. Yeah, still working. Oh well. Yeah. All right, so we played Vancouver, Philly. We played Vancouver in what was easily our most important match of the season to date because all of these matches down the stretch have been playoff matches. They've been important, and Philly, it did not go the way LAFC needed it to go. Look, we'll we'll get into that, but as we have known the Vancouver Whitecaps, we've always known them to be what we'd call, I don't know, a powder puff team, if you will. Coming into this match, we always we can think of is let's melt the Whitecaps. But fact of the matter is, the Whitecaps, from mid-July, the second hottest team in Major League Soccer. For those of you who don't know that, I repeat, the Vancouver Whitecaps were the second hottest team in Major League Soccer, only behind the Supporters Shield winning champion New England Revolution. In fact, they hadn't lost a game in months. This is a team who sacked Mark Dos Santos, a team that brought in a guy by the name of Brian White from the New York Red Bulls. They completely turned their season around. And despite not having lost since mid, only lost two matches since mid July, the funny thing is they're still not guaranteed to be in the playoffs. So coming into Bank of California Stadium, a win for them would have propelled them for the first time in the MLS playoffs since 2017. There was a lot at stake for them, but there was also a lot at stake for us because win and you live to see another day. Lose and you booze. Season's over. Nothing more to talk about, but you know, let's talk about your, your fellow countryman, Scarf. Danny Sartini, who Will Ferrell, we laugh when we watch the highlights. For all of you who don't know who Rowan Atkinson is, if you've ever watched Mighty Python or Mr. Bean, Will Ferrell pretty much said that Mr. Sartini... Looked like Mr. Bean. Yeah, look, they've been the hottest team certainly since August 27th. And why is August 27th important? That's the day that our former assistant coach, Mark Dos Santos, got sacked by Vancouver. And they brought in Vanny Sartini. Again, one day after Vancouver lost to a team called Pacific FC, 
4-3 in something called the Canadian Championship in a place called Starlight Stadium in what I think was either in Narnia or the Green Zone in Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I have no idea where Starlight Stadium would be, but Pacific FC in the Canadian Championship in Starlight <laughs> Refereed Stadium. Refereed by Dr. Robotnik. Sounds like the most made-up thing I've ever heard of in my life. And Vancouver lost to them 4-3. So that shows you how much they've turned it around since then. Since August 27th, they've played 13 matches. (laughs) They have won seven. (laughs) Yuck. Jeez, really? Went down the wrong tube, dude. They've won seven. They've drawn four and only lost two. They have been incredibly hot coming down the stretch. Led by the Canadian men's national team keeper, Maxime Cropot. They went through injury after injury last year. We got to meet the Hassal Wall and Thomas Hassal during the COVID Cup, and we thought, all right, this might be a thing. Turns out he's been on the bench all season, and when you got a keeper, the quality and the caliber of Maxime Cropot, and we saw that in this match time and time again. You definitely start Maxime Cropot. Jacob Nerwinski, Florian Youngworth, Eric Godoy, Javane Brown, Leonard Owosu, Russell Tiber, Bruno Gaspar, Ryan Gauld, Christian, not my, not your, Dahomey, <laughs> and the player you mentioned coming over from New York Red Bulls, continuing to haunt Major League Soccer. He has been the best player in Major League Soccer since he has come over from New York Red Bulls, Brian White. It doesn't matter who the 18 White? was because nothing happened using those guys in the 18 in the second half when they brought people in. So that's the lineup for the Vancouver Whitecaps and Philly. All we needed to do was beat the hottest team in the West since the All-Star break. And the funny thing is people thought that that would be a walk in the park. Nope. This was as anxiety-inducing of a game as could be. Why? Because, well, we're still bitten by the injury bug. Quite a few players still maintain their position on LAFC's injured list, including... Edward Atuesta, who missed his, what, fifth straight game with a shoulder injury, Uh, but he had a kid, so all all, all is well. Look, hopefully we make our way into the playoffs. That could set up a good timetable for Edward Atuesta to return, but I don't know. I'm not a doctor, and we need to get that far. And then as far as Carlos Vela is concerned, Bob said during a presser earlier in the week that, well— we would use him when this time was necessary. I, I butchered the words, but something along those lines. Uh, what better time could be necessary than now? But I understand Carlos should not have been given starters minutes because Carlos is slowly working his way back into the lineup. We needed that extra spark, and having Carlos come off the bench is a good idea. So we've talked about who's out. Let's talk about who is in. And as far as who is in, let's go straight to our starting lineup. In between the pipes... Jamal Blackman. And I think Jamal Blackman's made a pretty good case as to why he should be our keeper. I mean, some of you may disagree with me, but hey, he's been our keeper for a number of games. They went out of their way to bring him in. They obviously did this for a reason. And by they, I mean the front office. So Jamal Blackman, whether you like it or not, is probably going to be our starting keeper for the remainder of the season. As far as our back line is concerned, we had we had Moody, we had Sebastian Ibiaga, Mamadou Fall, who continues to impress. Marco Farfan, Kim Moon-Hwan, Scott Scarf's favorite player, Raheem Edwards, nope. Cheeky Palacios, Latif Blessing, Brian. I was actually kind of proud of Brian uh, over the course of this game. And then Christian Chicho Arango. As far as the bench is concerned, we have Carlos. We have Sifu. We have the Moose. We have Jordan Harvey, who... Scarf, you weren't there for this, but as the players were doing their walk around Bank of California Stadium, okay. you saw Jordan... 
And by the way, Kimberly Caldwell Harvey, when she sings the Canadian national anthem, killed it. It's it, it's it's beautiful. Listening to her sing the Canadian national anthem makes me want to be Canadian. For that moment, it's funny. I took off my hat, and our, and our buddy Rod Diaz, uh, shout out to Rod Diaz. He uh, he mentioned he's like. I didn't know you were Canadian. I was like, I'm not, but 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 Kimberly Caldwell Harvard what makes me want to be Canadian. <laughs> so I took off my hat as a matter of respect. But watching him and and her and their daughter walk around, you couldn't help but wonder, is this and more than likely I would say yes, is this the last time we're gonna see him wear the number two jersey? I don't know. We shall see. Uh backing up Jamal Blackman, we have Tomas Romero, we have Tristan Blackman, we have Michi Ingolina, Danny Chrysostomo. And the Duke Meister himself, Bryce Duke. <laughs> that's, that, that's not the nickname he wants. I'm sure it's not the Duke Meister. Well, <laughs> you, you got to well, come up with something better for Bryce Duke. <laughs> well, look, it just, it just sort of flowed. I don't know. I, I guess I hearken to that the, Saturday Night Live. The, the Saturday Duke Night Meister Live, Rob flowed? You don't, you don't want that either. My goodness. It's not getting better. Like it's, yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. It's like Aiken of scarf droppings. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, but that's your starting line. Aiken? It's a kid. Whatever. I like saying aching. Like like aching. Like like, like I'm aching right now. Like hey, like my liver's say. aching from this Smirnoff tamarind ice crap that you brought me. It is not good. By the way, who's gonna go get the next round? I, I mean I'm You're closer gonna, to the door. I'm I have better notes on the first half, so you might as well go get these here. Yeah, but I gotta I'm climb over about. you. It's gonna be a, a, a tussle. I there's plenty of room here. You've cleaned world famous Philamonster Studios. For the record, it's episode one hundred and seventy six, and we are still recording with just that backing of one of those social media lights on that Philly's got. First off, I'm, I'm, I'm stealing his mic right now. I'm literally stealing his mic. mic. So that? he wanted me to go to the fridge, so I'm going to steal his mic. Look, man, I went over to Lowe's. I went to Lowe's and asked if I could rent one of their 10, 15-foot ladders. And they're like, sorry, sir, we don't offer that as a service. And then I went to the back to actually find out how much one of these 10 to 15-foot ladders cost. And look, I don't have all the space in the world, nor do I ever really use a ladder. And ever, it was like it was ever, never. It's like three hundred bucks. You think I'm going to spend three hundred dollars on a ladder? I'm going to use once or twice. No, I'm going to sit in the darkness until I find somebody who has one. So, if there's anybody out there that listens to our podcast and has a ladder that's more than ten feet tall, please DM me. If you guys ever wondered what rock bottom was, I think we just hit it. He is now hitting up the LAFC community, the Black and Gold Faithful, the Millions. He didn't do it. He's all the way out in the kitchen. I was hoping he'd say and millions, but he didn't do it. What a jerk. <laughs> so he's now hitting up the community for a ladder. Home Depot. Yelling run the risk of waking up my wife. Are you mad? <laughs> Home Depot uh, allows you to rent them. And I would have had they not closed their ladder depot at the Home Depot at 7 p.m. And I got there at like 7.30. So, yes, we are recording in the relative darkness of world-famous Phila Monsters. We got a light. What are you talking about? It's 12.01 a.m. So you guys know what that means as well. It's Defenders After Dark. It's Thursday. Let's get ready. This is the the pod that never oh ends. God, it is Thursday. In the fifth minute, it it's was your fault, man. You and the stupid big rig chase. Is that... it still going on? By the way, I no, kind don't of check. Hope don't so. check. We're already getting off I... track. No, we're great. In the fifth minute, Brian Rodriguez with the first shot, a nice easy save for Maxime Cropot because you know he needs to get some work in before he makes the tougher ones. In the seventh minute, the flag goes up as Brian Rodriguez is just offside. In the eighth minute, the first 
real solid chance, I would say, of the match. This one by Vancouver. It was a cross into the box, but Brian White could not get his header on target. Very easily, by the way, should have and could have been put on frame by Brian. You know, I said it very easily, but as if I could on a Major League Soccer pitch, jump up into the air, redirect a ball that is coming, I don't know, however many miles an hour it is. So it should be easy for a player of Brian White's caliber anyway. And in the 12th minute, the ball has hit Chicho's hand at least twice in the first 12 minutes. And I thought, look, I'm not going to lie. I thought, oh, God, the ball isn't really bouncing our way right now. We're not crisp with our passes. We're not really connecting a whole lot here in the first 12 minutes. As long as Raheem Edwards just doesn't turn the ball over <laughs> in a really bad situation. What a segue this is going to be. We'll be fine. And I said that in the 12th minute. And in the 15th minute, Raheem Edwards with the turnover and the break was on. LAFC a little unlucky in the box as Christian Dahomey absolutely carves up Sebastian Ibeaga in the box. It's a nightmare start for LAFC in the black and gold. Christian Dahomey with the goal and Philly. Brian White with the assist just like that. A nightmare start for LAFC down one nothing just 15 minutes in. So I got to ask, is right around that time period when you started getting those migraine-like symptoms? Because oh I know how much you love Raheem Edwards. Yeah. I got to tell you, with the exception of that horrific faux pas, he, he didn't play as bad of a game. As you'll hear momentarily, he did get a really good shot at Maxime Crepeau. But, I mean, he dribbled right in the traffic. He got his pocket pick like he was walking Times Square circa 1980. And as a result of that, like you said... Vancouver's off to the races. And who ends up scoring the goals? Look, there are three players on Vancouver that are dangerous. Caicedo, Brian White, and of course, Dahomey. And who ends up getting the assist, other than Raheem Edwards, on that play? Brian White. Brian White and Dahomey. Dahomey gets his 10th goal of the season. The most dangerous people. He dribbles into traffic around the most dangerous people on Vancouver. What was going to happen? And look, even though Brian White made a really good pass to Dahomey, the play wasn't completely dead yet. He had Sebastian Ibiaga in his way, but he completely sliced him like he was a cucumber on 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 a on a on a chef's like cutting board. Cut 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 cut, and boom! Jamal Blackman had no, he had there's nothing he could have done. Ibiaga tried to step in front. Dahomey made him his homie, and Ibiaga. Messed, I don't want to say messed up on that play, but didn't get in front of it. And just like that, we go come off to a rough start. Yeah, it, it was it was a good singular effort there by Christian Dahomey. You mentioned their big three, except one of them wasn't even out there. Debra Caicedo didn't even start the match. So you really only have two guys to worry about. Really frustrating. But the other thing is this. Vancouver was playing a really high line, a really high press to start the match. And they were pressing a couple of individuals every single time they touched the ball. And one of those was absolutely Raheem Edwards. They were banking on the fact that Raheem would turn the ball over. They were banking on the fact that Sebastian Abeaga would turn the ball over, and they were banking on the fact that Jesus Murillo would turn the ball over. They really didn't press fall, I thought, as high as they did the other two center backs. I thought they were fine with Farfan. They were fine with Kim Moon-Wan. They really didn't press high on them. But those particular players, Raheem Edwards and especially Sebastian Abeaga uh, and Jesus Murillo, they were really pressing high on them. It worked. Uh, you know, 20th minute, Philly, I'm not going to lie, one of, one of our favorite I'm movies. Gl- I'm glad you've mentioned that a couple of times, Scarf, because I don't think any of the members of the Millions, and millions. would appreciate you lying. I would not. <laughs> that being said, Philly... It's like busting his chops. You and I quote several movies ad nauseum. That's Latin for, you know, a whole lot or all the time or whatever. You think we were quoting Shakespeare with the intelligent conversations we have here? <laughs> 
Ghostbusters we quote all the time. Several other movies. <laughs> it's true. Quote. It is true, Your <laughs> it Honor. It is true, Your Honor. Uh, this is a family podcast. So, Well, that's why I didn't finish the line. That being said, Philly, Major League is one of those movies that we quote all the time. We, <laughs> we quote Major League a lot. And 20th minute, Brian Rodriguez, after, after a couple of combination plays in the box, the ball comes out to Brian Rodriguez, and he takes a shot that almost landed in that new section above the north end, the north end terrace. And all I thought was those guys sitting in the outfield in Major League just going, <laughs> too high? Too high? Was it, was it too high? It's Too high? What does that mean, too high? Too high. So Vaughn is off to a rocky start as Haywood clears the bases with one swing. Not too high. Too hard. Right? First, it was really high. high. That shot was the most off-target shot I have seen in the North End in the four years that we have been playing football games at Bank California Stadium. Hey, yeah, it was uh, it was completely in a different stratosphere. It's gonna make Brian's song. Let's put it that way. Ooh, which yeah. by the way, yeah, you you, you gotta. <sighs> Season's not over yet. I get it, but but but, but. you know the scheduling. Yes. Okay, you know when at the very least. This season ends. You know how the playoff dates are. Like every big album release, there's always a release party in a time period that people plan for. They they wait on it. They used to sit outside in front of a store called Tower Records going right down Sunset Boulevard knowing that they were here for a very special day. You gotta give us the date. You gotta give us some insight when Brian's song is gonna come out. So here's the I issue. gave everybody a day. Yeah. What do we get with Brian's song? Here, here's I'm the dying. Issue. This better not be like Guns N' Roses' Chinese democracy scarf. <laughs> so here's the issue. LAFC season still in flux. No idea. Had we been eliminated and we're going up to Colorado to play a meaningless decision day match, maybe Brian's song comes out for that podcast. But there's still a ton to play for. There is still our entire season in the balance, especially after the result that we had today with Portland beating RSL 3-1 and keeping oh. our hopes very much alive. So season still alive. Okay. Brian's still on the team. Fine. End of the season. Fine. Then at the very least, at this point, yes. we're, we're, the season's going to end, I don't know, r- r- right around Hanukkah. How's it about on one of those days of Hanukkah, you you give us Brian's song? Should I turn it into like an Adam Sandler? Like Brian's <laughs> Put song? Put on your Rayitokan. I don't know. Rayitokan? That, that's a, I don't know what that is. It sounds like that. I, I was trying to make it rhyme with Hanukkah, and then I realized it just didn't rhyme with it at all. It did so not. It not even a little that bit. That tamarind we'll, is mystical. We'll see. It is not very good. We'll see how it goes. Look. I thought that from the 22nd minute till about the 25th minute or so, we were playing downhill. It was as if the field was tilted and everything was going LAFC's way. 22nd minute, great combination play to Latif in the box, but that shot was blocked before it could find target. 23rd minute, Cheeky Palacios with a great run into the box, sprung by a pass from Marco Farfan. Yeah. He was, uh, that shot was saved, the rebound off of his head and out of bounds, unfortunately. 24th minute, so this is minute after minute after minute, and now it's my favorite player, Raheem Edwards, with a good run into the box, and really forced a tough diving save by Maxime Cropot. And I will say this, of all of the opportunities that we will talk about here in the 22nd through about the 27th minute, that one by Raheem Edwards was probably the best in terms of quality. LAFC, though, unfortunately, after that save, LAFC was almost caught on the counter and gave up a counter goal of their own. Vancouver was incredible on the counter in this match, really sitting back and waiting for us to bring everybody up. 
And then in the 25th minute, LAFC with another cross into the box, and it just misses Chicho, but a corner and a perfectly played back post ball to Mamadou Fall. I mean, we saw it happen. Fall rose above everybody else, but the header goes right into the waiting arms of Maxime Cropot. A great run of possession here. Philly, I was taking some pretty good notes. From the 25th minute to about the 37th minute, I don't have any notes of anything that really went well or poorly for LAFC until the 37th minute, Philly. Now, look, I I don't want to toot my own horn here, you guys, but I've coached four- and five-year-olds in soccer for a really long time. Yep, there it is. I said it. I'm a really good four- and five-year-old soccer coach. He's tooting again. Mainly because my skills resembled that of a four- and five-year-old when I played soccer. I was not very good. You know, one of the first things I teach my four- and uh, five-year-olds? I, I think that's very insulting in the four- and five-year-olds. Yeah, it is. Way. You're right. I had some five-year-olds that were much better than I was. You know, one of the first things I teach them, Philly? Don't use your hands? You have to be behind the damn line if you're going to throw in the ball. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Raheem Edwards in the 37th minute got called for an illegal throw-in because he was literally standing both feet on the pitch when he threw that ball in. Can I just ask you, Philly, <laughs> at what point in AYSO do you think that Raheem Edwards learned not to step onto the pitch before you throw the ball in? First off, I'm not going to blame him because he, from Why? the moment the line he... move? All right, and look, he was he got himself into the match. He had a great opportunity, Maxime Kripo, and quite honestly, he didn't make that many big faux pas. He was quite aggressive. You, he had a lot of really good moves where he like got himself out of trouble. He got the You're ball past a used him. car right now, buddy. Oh man, well I'm trying. Like, look, I I was I, I wasn't disappointed with the, other than the turnover. I wasn't disappointed in that case. Look, from guys who are, have conversations, they could be great topics talking about life. Like when something like that happens, you and I have that ability to kind of fall off track. He was in the moment. I'm sure he just wasn't paying attention. I'm not going to fault him at that. I'm just going to say he was just very eager to get the play rolling. Here, here's what I'll say. All right, maybe look, I am selling used cars, but still, I, I, I wasn't angry at that. Look, defenders, millions. Millions. Yeah. Here's what I need from you. That was pretty good. We didn't even plan that. Nope. Here's what I need from you. Can you think of any other time in the four-year history of Los Angeles Football Club that I'll just say at least in a home match that any of our players were called for an illegal throw-in and we we had a turnover because of it. I don't think I've ever seen that in the four years that I've watched games at Bank of California Stadium. I haven't been to all the away matches, but obviously you I've also haven't them streaked all. across the pitch at Bank of California I, Stadium. I'm, I'm just saying there there's no Challenge. possible way that you got you can tell me it's happened more than one or two other times in our four years. How do you have an illegal throw-in? What I love though is right after that 38th minute, Chicho Arango. Trying to calm down our young guys. We saw him look at several guys and just do that whole hands-down, calm-down gesture. I love the little things that Chicho Arango... What is, where did that one come from? You only have the one. What are you doing? Sorry. I don't even know what happened. It's Squirrel. That's, that's Philly. So, But I love when Chicho tries to do this. He tries to take leadership of this club. He has been our best leader coming down the stretch. 39th minute, a hard foul on Brian. Yes, Brian, five yards from the top of the box. A good free kick opportunity here, but not a great effort from Chicho on that one. And in the 45th minute, Brian Rodriguez to Kim Moon Juan with a beautiful run through the box for a corner. We would get three, count them, three uh, 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 minutes of stoppage time. Sebastian Abayaga Philly on the near post. Yep. Oh, we almost had one in stoppage time. 
Yeah, but luckily we, uh, you know, that still resulted in another corner. Yeah, you got you got Kim Moon Wan. Go it was, on. It was Kim that was hitting the corner, right? I Unless believe it was Kim Moon Wan. All right, yeah. so the player you have to watch out for usually on these plays is, is Mamadou Fall because, like Walker Zimmerman, he's a very tall and imposing figure, and he's going to come in crashing and, and getting a header in there. So we got an equalizer from the young man from the corner. Ball deflects. It kind of ping ponged. If like you really want to talk about it, Latif had it. He attempted a shot or a pass. Couldn't really tell what it was. Either way, it deflected to Ibiaga. He takes a stab at it. It ping pongs around. And it looks like it's either going to be between Murray and, and Mamadou. Fall comes crashing in, lets it go off his foot. He gets what we think is the fourth goal of the season. The third defender to score a goal for the, this season, by the way, Scarf. We'll talk, I'll give you a trivia question in just a second. Okay. But it isn't without a little bit of controversy because we needed an assist. Not from Kim Moon-Hwan, not from Brian Rodriguez, but from the VAR. And Lord knows, in Major League Soccer, those VAR, VAR, ah, VAR calls there it is. can be rather controversial. But thankfully, that was a VAR call that went in our favor. And at the perfect time, Mamadou Fall gets his fourth goal of the season. Fourth goal of the season in 17 games. And just like that, LAFC equalized the match, going into the locker room at halftime and giving us all a massive sigh of relief. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. From what I understand, the play stood because it went off of Florian Youngworth. Ah, the former Smithquake. Right. I believe, though, it only stood because it went off of Florian Youngworth while Mamadou Fall was still in an onside position, they determined. Correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe it just has to go off of a Vancouver Whitecaps defender, and it doesn't matter where the person is behind the ball. Either way, Florian Youngworth helping out LAFC. Uh, maybe it's because they let him go from San Jose. I don't know, but it, it wasn't a very good play on Youngworth. Mamadou fall with the big goal, and and I just he had that feeling, right? If they could just get it to VAR, just get it to VAR. They overturned the goal with the offside flag at first, but they got it to VAR, and thank you to the VAR machine for working. Yeah, 1-1 as we go into the half. Look, it was it was a nervy first half. I think about 50-50 in terms of possession or so. I don't know. I didn't look at the possession numbers. But I felt like most of the great chances came from LAFC. That would certainly be the case in the second half, Philly. We would have one halftime substitution where Jose Cifuentes would come in for Marco Farfan. That would mean Raheem Edwards would drop back to a wingback of sorts, and it would be Kim Moon Juan and Raheem Edwards now in the back with Sifu going to the midfield. I really like that substitution, and Sifu definitely a shot of energy in the arm for sure. And, and that would bring us to the second half, Philly. And look, I uh, this is defenders. I'm always very, very honest with you. Yeah, he's already told us twice. He's not going to lie. Not going to lie. I don't remember much of the second half. This was when the tunnel vision started to happen. This is when my left eye started to really give me some problems. And, and the tunnel vision was just, it was real. So I went back and I watched the highlights. And we're going to have Philly. Philly's going to really help out here and take you all through it. I obviously went back and watched the highlights. I remembered, I, the last thing I remembered was the Jose C. Fuentes bicycle kick, which was kind of neat. We'll talk about that in a second. But I noticed, Philly, and I mentioned this to you as we were watching the highlights here, everything that I saw in the highlight package was LAFC after LAFC after LAFC. And that was a common trend. And when you look at the final stats of the game, 
Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll wait till address that. Real quick, though, before we really do get into the second half, I wanted to acknowledge our good buddy Vic over at Athletes in the Making. He yeah. was recognized on the pitch at Bank of California Stadium, Force for Good. He's always involved in the community, and he got recognized, community spotlight. Shout out to Vic and Athletes in the Making. Make sure you check them out. That's a great organization. And I also don't want to go without acknowledging our good friends over at Global Diplomatic, Carlos Aguirre, and of course, Roxana Palacios. Great people they're doing a good thing and mls is trying to spotlight community leaders so i would say defenders if you if you want to be involved you want to put up you want to you want to put up carlos and or vic i would i would recommend doing so because they really are doing phenomenal things for the community i mean global diplomatic on every away game not only do they get in contact with the local supporters group they they put bags together they do such incredible things and of course you got vic trying to keep kids active in sports we got a lot of really good philanthropic situations going on within our community so make sure that those guys and gals get recognized for those efforts so i just wanted to make sure that we acknowledge that Go. Yeah, the, yeah. Oh. Real quick, the Colorado match in Colorado. I know Global Diplomatic is doing their last event of the season there, so make sure you hit them up on the Instagrams and on the Twitters. Hit up Carlos Aguirre if you need to as well. So yeah, Global Diplomatic doing something in Colorado as well. Philly second half highlights. Yeah, second half highlights. So it didn't take long for the action to start. Uh, five minutes going into it, Chicho gets a pass from Rarito, and he has a shot that's saved. If there was ever a player to make a goal happen within the course of the second half, we assume that it would have been Chicho Arango, the man who we need more golazos. I can go ahead and sing the song, but I can tell by Scarf he just wants me to carry on. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I don't mind it when he scores. Yeah, but he didn't, so we're not going to sing the song. A minute later, Moon with a cross to Moody. He has a header from the center of the box. That gets saved by Cripo. And dude, this was like a hockey game. Saved by Cripo. Saved by Maxime Cripo. Yeah. Saved by Cripo. Like, what the heck? This guy had a season high in terms of saves. Crazy. We go into the 57th minute. Vancouver sets in their first set of subs. You have Christian Gutierrez in for Erica Doy. First set of subs there. Two minutes later, 59th minute, Brian Rayito breaks into the box, tries to connect with Latif. He whiffs on it. Sifu takes a shot, but the ball gets saved. The ball deflects, comes back to him, and this just goes back to what you were talking about. Yeah. He made that unbelievable bicycle kick. It looked a lot prettier than the result tended to be, but hey, what an amazing display of athleticism by Jose Sifuentes, wouldn't you say? Look, Sifu, when healthy, I think we can agree, has the potential to be the most exciting player on the pitch for LAFC. The way he's able to move from midfield into the attacking third with the speed and with the skill with possession that he has. See, Raheem Edwards, when he moves quickly, he loses the ball. When Brian Rodriguez moves quickly, he tries to cut through two guys, and it seems like they know what he's going to do on every single play. He gets that little flick on, and then all of a sudden he gets the ball taken away. But when Jose Cifuentes moves from midfield or even from deep in the uh, defensive third all the way through to the attacking third, it happens in like five or six touches. Very quick, couple of dribbles, taking the space. I Look... It hasn't been the season that we had hoped it would have been for Jose Cifuentes. He started out gangbusters, had five goals. He's been sitting on five goals now for quite some time, some of it due to injury, some of it just due to a little bit of a poor run of form. But assuming that Jose Cifuentes and his contract situation and everything, assuming he's back for next year, and I, I believe he will be, I've got to look up the details of his contract, he is going to be one of those pieces that we are going to build around because I think whether or not that we like it, we are going to lose Edward Atuesta at some point. 
And a guy like Jose Cifuentes coming into his own with the skill that he has, to me, he is one of those key pieces moving forward for LAFC into 2022. And we've got to start building around him in the midfield. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I, I love Sifu, one of my favorite players. It sucked seeing him. It was cool, but it sucked seeing him walking around Founders. The last match uh, it was a good match, by the way, with yeah. uh, with Pablo with and, Pablo. of course, with uh, with Poncho. Poncho in that brace due to the uh, the injury he sustained. You don't want to see Sifu ever dressed in street clothes in any section of the bank during an LAFC game. Yeah. Anyways, we, uh, we, we move right on. Uh, we have 60th minute. Chicho gets his left foot on leather, but Cripo with another stinking save. Like Chicho didn't get enough mustard on that shot in the 60th minute. So, hey, you know, we're not going to lament too much on that. 71st minute. Hey, it was a, a, a rare save and a rare Jamal Blackman note because Javane Brown, he has a header, gets saved by Blackman. Yay, he's still paying attention. He's in the match. He's he's helping if we, you know, want to. Oh, I'm helping. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, hey. According to the stats, by the way, Philly. Yes. That was the save that Jamal Blackman made in the match. I was under the impression that he made a second one, but hey, I can stand corrected. So. I'm on I'm on FOTMOB, F-O-T-M-O-B.com. Just double checking. It's where it's where everybody's favorite stat, expected goals, comes from. Hey, oh, hey, philosophy. At the end of the match. But it's I, all philosophy. I have it as showing one save for Jamal Blackman. Okay, then that was his save. So, hey, Brown gets a header and saved by Blackman. Great save. Jamal Blackman went right to him. Hey, keeps us in the game. But where things started going kind of cool for LAFC, yep. in the 72nd minute, Carlitos. I was still here for this. You were still uh, physically, yes. Yes. Ho- hopefully somewhat mentally. I was still... Yeah. But hey, the bank started rocking. Why? Because we saw Carlos take off his penny, put on his jersey, and come in for Sebastian Ibiaga. The bank went nuts. It was like the biggest pop at a wrestling event when suddenly, out of nowhere, The Rock happens to hit the stage <laughs> with his music. If you smell wow. Carlos Vela coming into the match. Can the tide turn? The bank erupted in Vela's. Will this be the last time we see Charlie Candle light up the bank? We have yet to know, but man, was it exciting, and it gave you goosebumps hearing everybody at Bank of California Stadium chat, chat, chant for our captain. Chad? Chad. Oh, Chad. Oh, your buddy Chad. Yeah, he's having the time of his life living in Amsterdam. Yeah. Yeah, he's... um. He's hanging. He's doing okay. Dude, I, I saw a reel. He's, he doesn't do anything on social media. And I know he doesn't listen to this podcast, but I'm going to say it anyway. He was hanging <laughs> out with like uh, Turkish supermodel of the year in 2014. Uh, and, and this is a guy who like would trip, so, would trip over his own feet. Does she have season tickets to Fenerbahce? Uh, but, but no, I, that's a good question. I, I could probably have, but she's in Amsterdam. Know. So chances are she's nowhere near Istanbul. So, but man, very cool that he's hanging out with the Turkish supermodel of the year in 2014. Uh, defenders, if y'all want to go out in there and find out her name, by all means, I just told you 2014 Turkish supermodel of the year. Now, you might find my buddy Chad right next to her. Now, hold on. I have two questions on this real quick. Is that all of the models in Turkey that she was a supermodel of the year there? Or is it out of... All of the supermodels, like there's a Swedish supermodel of the year, a Turkish supermodel of the year. Like, how how does it? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It. it I don't know, man. Matter. Like, dude, if I was if I was getting paid to judge modeling contests, I'd probably be a happier man. Yeah, but people would like you less. I think. 
Why? Like, you why, you think like, I'd be like Simon Cowell? I feel yeah, I feel like that would be looked down a little bit. I think, oh, you're judging women all day. I don't know if that would be or maybe you're judging men's male supermodels. I don't know. Why not? You know what? It's 2021, Philly. You judge whatever models you want, and I'll support you there, buddy. You're my partner in pod. <laughs> well, Dude. regardless, I, I actually, I would hate to like be judging male like supermodels because it would only make me feel that much smaller than I feel I these feel days. I feel like I have helped take this off the rails at this point, and I apologize. I can tell you this. As I'm looking at the rundown from the match, I remember walking to my car and hearing that Debra Caicedo and Yanni Obikel had come in for substitution. So I was currently out of the bank at this point. Uh, I remember, though, the first of the corner kicks that, uh, was it Javane Brown, I think the ball went off of. We got a corner kick in the 75th minute. I do not remember the corner kick in the 76th minute. That may have been when I was throwing up at the bathroom. That was fun times. Uh, Philly, 78th minute, however, Chicho Arango with that left-footed shot from the center of the box was close, but missed to the left. That, look... He absolutely should have been able to put this one on target. I'm going to say this. This is an unpopular opinion, I know. But Chicho was the one that we really needed to show up for today. And he had several opportunities in and around the box, including one I'm going to let you touch on in just a little bit. And, And I think that's what makes this particular dropping of points, this tie that we wind up earning at the bank, just a little more painful because of how much we needed the win and because of how much we had been able to count on with our eyes closed. Chicho Arango coming on for play after play after play. What was it? 13 goals and 15 matches coming into this. Yep. As good as it gets in Major League Soccer. And unfortunately, several times in the second half, unable to get it either on target or past the keeper. It wasn't his game. There's no doubt about that. But look, we wouldn't even be having the conversation. That we're having. We wouldn't even be excited if it wasn't for Chicho Arango. And you could say what he wants. Like his 13 goals, a good portion of them came off a of pen, off a of free kicks, penalty kicks. Who gives a rat's butt? The fact is, he still hit the back of the net. Carlos, as many goals as he scored, Carlos was somewhat of a liability taking PKs. So Chicho Arango is actually batting a thousand when it comes to that. So to really lay blame on Chicho is an ignorant, stupid, idiotic. Stupid statement to make not saying that you were making that by the way no i know no. people have and but my thing is just in this match if you wanted to be a little critical of chicho arango it was one of the first times that you could be is what i'm saying yeah, no that's fair but it's not that the kid wasn't playing his heart was really into it and oh, we'll absolutely. talk about that momentarily absolutely. 79th minute i want to address this not because it really affected anything on the pitch but there was a yellow card given to brian rodriguez he kind of got into it with maxime Cripo. he had his hand on the ball he placed it might have taken it away from Cripo for a little bit and then like Cripo said something to him. Brian pushed him and there was a bit of a scuffle that came out as a result of that. Brian gets a yellow card. Obviously, you can't put your hands on Cripo in that situation. I get it. But as a result of that, a lot of ugliness started stemming from the south end. We'll talk about that in a bit, but it all happened as a result of that yellow card in the 79th minute. We're going to wait to address this because this is sort of a topic of the pod anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we'll wait. Y'all know what I'm talking about if I you're at the match. I think it was over poutine. I think Brian Rodriguez told him he didn't like poutine. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's insulting to a Canadian. That's right? like, you know, going to your ancestors and saying, hey, your rigatoni reeks. Hey. Like, <laughs> hey. Hey, hey. Hey. See, it's, it's, it's hey. insulting. 83rd minute, Vela had an opportunity. 11 minutes oh. after he gets in the game, he lines up for a free kick. Just where you'd want him to set up. He lets one fly. He lets it curl. Crepeau, rocking cement feet on that shot, but it just misses to the right. Unfortunately, that could 
could have been the equalizer. Carlos knew it. Everybody knew it. Crepos breathing a sigh of relief, having an excellent game at this point. Very much Vancouver still in it. Uh, and then you started hearing those ugly chants from the South End. Yeah. From what I what I heard, what I recall, you know, or from what I was told, rather, the normal fans weren't there, and I was told that there was a lot of reselling going on. And if you look at the cost of tickets on the resale market, South End was really the place to be. Yeah. I've seen tickets for thirty nine dollars, twenty nine dollars, forty nine dollars. Like, if you really wanted to go to the game, like that was an easy ticket to have. So on the resale market, there were plenty available there. I know our regulars weren't there. Again, we're going to address it, but that ugly chant. Started in the South End. We heard it there. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, la, 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 la. We got uh, 88th minute. Vela takes a shot. Assisted by Chicho. Another save by Crepo, unfortunately. 90th minute. LAFC subs in Danny the Moose for Brian. <sighs> Brian played a good game. I will say Kim Moon Wan played a good game. They were very much a part of the attack, of LAFC's attack. Yeah, but what but... sucks, man... <sighs> At the death, the chance of a lifetime. Chicho whiffing on what could have been his goal of the year. He knew it. He missed it. Maybe maybe the top of like his hair hit it. He was massively disappointed. Had he connected with the header that happened at the death, Crepeau would have had no ability to make that save. That was the equalizer. But that wasn't the only one. There were actually two opportunities. One header that he had from Carlos Vela that he missed. And the second one that would have been credited to Sifu with the assist. Those missed. Chicho knew it. You said he didn't play as great of a game. And I would agree with you because he should have converted multiple times. There were a couple of shots he had that he didn't have a lot of mustard on. But that was his opportunity. He is going to be plagued. Depending on how the rest of the season goes. He's going to be plagued by the fact that he could have become a legend in Bank of California history had he connected with that header. Crepeau couldn't have done a damn thing about that, and sadly, he whiffed on it. And uh, yeah, there wasn't really much that happened after that. Look, I got to mention something because it's super frustrating for me. Brian Rodriguez scored two goals against Carson August 29th. We talk about how for Vancouver, their fortunes changed when they sacked their coach, August 26th, August 27th, they've been an incredible team. By the way, did not know this. Toronto played that very same uh, team that we had just talked about from Canada that plays in, what was it, Crystal Palace or Starside Ringside Stadium or whatever. Starlight Ballroom. Yeah, Pacific FC. Uh, and they beat them 3-1 today. So just I, I was looking up things like that. On the 29th... Not looking up the, the results of the big rig chase? Because now no, I'm curious. I, have, I haven't looked it up yet. No. On the 29th of August, we drew Carson 3-3. We drew Carson 3-3 in one of our better matches that we had played all season. We fought back from adversity. We gave up a lead. We took the, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Two goals in that match. And you and I, Philly, sat here on a podcast and talked about, all right, here we go. This is going to be the emergence. And then... Brian was not in the club for a couple of matches because he was away on international duty. Came back and played 88 and 90 minutes in their next two matches. Recorded absolutely nothing that would go on the back of his top soccer cart. Then he had a couple of thigh problems. He was injured for a couple of matches. Comes back and again starts, plays 67 minutes. Not a whole lot happens. Comes in and in a 3-1 win against San Jose... Nets an assist. Okay, he's getting back into the swing of things, and he did it in only 14 minutes. Final four matches of the year, he, he netted one goal. He netted one goal. It was against Seattle. It was in 3 nothing. And, and I want to hearken back to my dad 
My dad, he's a diehard Yankees fan. Okay. We and won't hold that against him, Scarf. No, his favorite player to hate, his least favorite player that I think has ever worn pinstripes would be one Alex Rodriguez. And he would always say, the Yankees were up 9-1 or down 9-1. That's A-Rod time, baby. That's his time to shine. When it absolutely didn't matter, A-Rod's hitting that three-run home run for you, no problem. But when it mattered, he doesn't show up. Mm. And, and I got to say, the goal that he scored in a 3 nothing win didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. The assist that he had in a 3-1 win for San Jose really didn't matter in the grand scheme of things. It has been so disappointing to watch Brian Rodriguez. And when he subbed out for Danny Musovsky, all I could hear in my ear is Philly. Philly going, dude, Danny Musovsky makes, what, $70,000? And here he is outperforming the sensational designated player that we've picked up. And all I thought was, he's right. This is the second time on the podcast that I've said this. The Philly's been right about something, you guys. Sweet. I'm on a roll. Danny Musovsky, if you get the performance per dollar out of Brian Rodriguez that you got out of Danny Musovsky, we'd have two Chicho Arangos. If you get the performance per dollar that you get from Danny Musovsky that you would get out of Brian Rodriguez, we'd have a third golden boot winner. But no, we're not getting a lot from Brian Rodriguez. And you know what? I, 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 don't, I don't even care anymore. If he doesn't come through for us against Colorado, you know what? It doesn't surprise me. It wouldn't matter. Because the way that he hasn't come through for us in these most important matches, I've just been so frustrated watching Brian Rodriguez, even though today. He wasn't that bad today, he though. He wasn't. But you know what? He just didn't have the impact on the match. Chicho had an impact. Carlos Vela had a huge impact. You know, I've gone back and obviously rewatched the second half. But Carlos Vela had a huge impact when he came on. And he was only on for, what, 20-some-odd minutes? Huge impact. It's just frustrating that a guy like Brian Rodriguez, who everybody sees the talent, just can't make an impact on a match when we need him. Well, now we just got our sneak preview of what the conclusion of Brian's song could look like. Yeah, Very fascinating stuff. But, yeah, man, it's the whistle blows. We end up in a draw, and it's just not what we needed. Going into this game, we needed the two wins to not worry about all the stupid permutations and calculations and, and, and all the other stuff that, that goes on. Look, statistics was never a class that I enjoyed. Going through, and it's funny because I work in finance. I work in numbers. And when I'm not working, I don't care to look and think and critical think and do the math. I leave that to the math and Latin teacher that sits to the right of me. Hello. And even he struggles at times trying to figure things out very frustrating to, to to it felt like a loss in a way but could it you imagine no it did it, it right. did because they had the opportunities but you know you when well, people it was, it was a loss philly because we lost our destiny in our own yeah, hands you're right we no we longer control it no that's that's a fair statement and it's not as if they didn't have opportunities when i go to twitter and i gotta stop doing that after <laughs> lafc draws or defeats but when i see stupid comments like they weren't playing with urgency look they had 26 shots with 11 of them on goal as if that's not urgency i don't know what it is the opposing keeper had more saves in this match than he has in his entire season. But yet you question the, the sense of urgency. It's just a microcosm of our season. Crap just didn't go our way. But interestingly enough, we haven't lost in a while. We haven't lost since, I believe, September 29th. Correct. The entire month of October, we went without losing. The problem with what's going on right now is we're hitting a stride. 
We're starting to see chemistry. We're starting to see the development of players like a Raheem Edwards. They're, they have stupid bonehead mistakes, but they'll still play a pretty darn good game. You have Chicho Arango. You finally have Carlos Vela coming back. You feel like if it, we at least had another two weeks left of the season, we would be able to put this playoff run to sleep. No worries. We're hitting our stride at the right time, but the problem is we only have one game left in a situation in which we have to win and we have to rely on the performance of other teams. And that's what sort of makes this season frustrating. And Scarf, since you're the math teacher, since you wanted to rack your brains around all of this, why don't you tell all the defenders of the bank listeners what needs to be done other than LAFC winning, of course, on decision day on this Sunday at 3 p.m., what needs to be done in order for us to get into the playoffs? And if I look at it, if we do win, Right. If we yeah. do win, we yeah. have a draw and a win that gives us a 62.9% chance of getting into the playoffs. But talk to us about the other components. All right. So here's the deal. And if you want to break out your notepads right now, go right ahead. But I think I've this is where it Philly out. goes to sleep. Yeah, I think I've played it out correctly. But let's keep in mind that it's all predicated on three points against Colorado. Not one point, not a tie. I have not. Yeah, we lose, we're done. That's it. We lose or we draw, we're done. I I have not figured out if we have any chance at all if we draw. I think it's that zero. I I can already tell you that. A draw or a loss, we're done. I think it's that we don't. So here's the deal if LAFC beats Colorado and Colorado on decision day, we would have 13 wins, 48 points, and a goal differential of at least six. Okay, I say at least six because it's five right now. And if we win, doesn't matter if we win one nothing, eight nothing. One nothing would give us six. So 13 wins, 48 points, goal differential of six. There are three other games that matter. RSL plays Sporting KC in Kansas City. Carson plays Minnesota in Carson. And Vancouver plays Seattle in Vancouver. Those three matches all matter. Here we go. (sighs) We need RSL to lose or tie, but not no matter what. We need RSL to lose or tie. They would then be on 45. Yeah, they would then be on 45 or 46 points. Again, we would be on 48. So they would drop below us. If they win, they would match our 48 points, but they would have 14 wins on the season. So if RSL wins, no matter what, they jump us. If they lose, no matter what, they're under us. If they draw, no matter what, they're under us. Okay, cool. Carson plays Minnesota at Carson. If Carson loses or ties, they would be on 47 or 48 points with 13 wins, but a negative goal differential. And because goal differential is the second tiebreaker after regular season wins, we would jump Carson if they lose or tie. So if RSL loses or ties and Carson loses or ties, we jump both of them. Yay, that's all we need to do is hop two teams and we are in. If Carson wins, they would be on 50 points and they'd be ahead of us no matter what because we only have 48. If Minnesota wins or ties, they're ahead of us no matter what on points. If they lose, they would be on 48 points with 13 wins with a negative goal differential, so we would jump Minnesota. So if Minnesota loses and RSL loses, we jump them both. If Carson loses or ties and RSL loses, we jump them both or ties, excuse me, RSL ties. The final game that matters is Vancouver against Seattle. If Vancouver wins or ties, they're ahead of us no matter what. But if they lose, they would stay on 48 points and have fewer wins, so we would jump Vancouver. So, if RSL loses or ties and Vancouver loses, we are in. 
or if RSL loses or ties and Carson loses or ties, we are in. Or here's where the RSL game doesn't even matter. If Vancouver loses to Seattle and Carson loses or ties, we would jump both into sixth or if RSL wins, even seventh. So the RSL game doesn't necessarily mean the only game that matters. We can still get in if RSL wins. But man, that's a whole hell of a lot of permutations to talk about. Decision day is going to be insane. Yeah, it will. Bottom line though, Philly, you've said it a thousand times and I've said it now. We need three points at Colorado or else the season is over. You're right. And it's a scary scenario because look, between like Colorado has a shot at having the first seed in the Western Conference. If you look at first place, second place, and third place, those, I mean, we're talking about a difference of a point. Seattle's got 59. Sporting Kansas City has 58. Colorado has 58. Granted, the bye doesn't really give you that much time off because of the way the MLS playoffs are truncated, if you will, but all of these teams have something to play for. So Sporting Kansas City playing their next matchup against RSL, they're going to want that number one seed. So Lord knows they're going to fight. And I will say this, with with absolute faith, they are a better team than RSL. So I'm confident that Sporting Kansas City can put RSL out of its misery. Seattle, which has been on somewhat of a downward trough, they're going to want to maintain their position within first place. They're going to play a tough game. And Lord knows that Colorado is going to want to secure that first seed. But... There are a couple of players on that team that would no doubt like to kind of stick it to the black and gold. We're talking about Stephen Betashore, and I don't know if he'd want to stick it that much. I mean, not as much as one Mark Anthony K. So I kind of want to highlight all the haters out there that hated on Mark Anthony K. I hope all your crappy tweets to K doesn't fuel him to decimate us just an fyi if he happens to score and you were one that wrote all those angry tweets chances are mark read them and you would have been a contributing factor (laughs) to lafc's loss so i'm gonna go ahead in advance and blame you for that this is a very scary matchup coming in colorado has been i mean this is this is the best season they've had since lafc have entered into major league soccer so we have our work cut out for us but as you said all those permutations all those computations all that trigonometry and geometry and calculus and all the other statistical BS doesn't mean a damn thing if we can't go into Colorado and come out with a win. It's going to be interesting. We're playing what? Mile high elevation. We're playing probably going to be in somewhat of a hostile environment. But if we could come out with that win... And then I'm pretty confident we can uh, we have a 62% chance of of make, moving forward and look even if we squeeze in as a last seed right yeah. I would much rather face a Seattle or a Sporting Kansas City team that is kind of slumping kind of wounded I'd be more than confident to go in that way and go and play one of them uh, rather than just get knocked out of the playoffs. I can't believe that there are people out there that think, well, LFC shouldn't take care of business. Uh, I don't care what happens anymore. Like, sorry, idiotic statements. If you care about the club, then you're going to care about what everything else happens because you know that if we sneak into the playoffs, it's a completely different season. I said early on that we would be a sacrificial lamb regardless of whether or not we came into the postseason. But the fact that we haven't literally lost in over a month yeah. gives me a sense Changing of optimism. Optimism. Your tone a little bit there, huh? exactly, because the team's starting to perform a, a lot better and, and at the right time. So, hey, if we can get in, we squeeze in, 
and we happen to make somewhat of a run like we did in CONCACAF Champions League, then all this was worth something. You don't want to abandon ship if you don't have to, okay? We may have struck an iceberg, and we might be sinking somewhat, but we've contained some of the compartments, and, well, you sort of need a couple other ships to come to our rescue, but we're not dead in the water yet, and it's going to be an exciting, exciting, nerve-wracking, cuticle-chewing Sunday, and I can't wait. I hate Sundays because they're closer to Mondays, and Mondays means I got to go back to doing something I don't like, which is, well... My other job. You but, went you went full on with that Titanic analogy, by the way. I've been was, watching a lot of Titanic stuff on YouTube. Uh, they do why? these like little. Well, I, I think I came across this. Um, oh, this is why. So a man has been talking <laughs> about wanting to go on a cruise, oh, and there God. are a lot of really oh, good. There are a lot of. That's no, that, the segue, defenders. That's <laughs> well, your segue. Well, no, but I mean, like this really good prices and things on cruises and of i've never course, been on a cruise they are petri dishes fair, yeah fair enough fair enough but i mean you could argue that any like mass gathering is by the way i'm getting my booster shot on friday so you should be happy for me. i am happy for you but that's why i've been starting to look at things because you know you think about it, you're going on a cruise and then you come across these stuff on youtube like that that one boat out in italy that kind of capsized you get interested in like hearing about what the hell happened kind to that story capsized. yeah and, and you kind of have a very like she's kind of pregnant no nope, that's a <laughs> no, binary no, state no. my friend but then of course you come across the titanic and there's so many cool videos scarf like reenactments not necessarily of the tragedy but like to actually see what the ship looked like so as a young child going oh. to liverpool yes. uh, and seeing like the titanic museums and everything yes it's fascinating. Anyway, that was that a may total... have been one of the most uppity things you said as a young child going to Liverpool visiting the Titanic Museum. That's a pretty good one, there, Philly. I like that. Whatever you went on a class trip to Machu Picchu. I I'm did, not... I did, but that's... it was a service trip. You know the the frustrating part is, Philly. I get where you're coming from with the, the cruises, tu- the tune changing about this club. I'm, no, I'm going to try to get us back on the rails just for the last few minutes of this pod. Uh, I get where you're coming from with, with your tune changing. Look, I have been the one shining beacon of optimism and hope, uh, unless it's about Raheem Edwards, for the last month and a half or so. Raheem, you gave and, my boy a migraine. And look, last right, last six matches, three wins, three draws, right? We haven't lost. Last six matches. You mentioned it, Philly. Last time we lost a match, we, we look, we didn't lose in October. Last match we lost was September 29th. Yep. And unfortunately, that was the for a third of three losses in a row that we had that really put us behind the proverbial eight ball. Six straight matches unbeaten. The LAFC of old returning. Look, we're going to draw against some good teams. We're going to beat the teams that we should. And, and we've played well. The Carson game was a tough match. I think, it, you know, looking at how the seasons have gone, or both these team seasons have gone, a 1-1 draw, not a bad result. Same thing with the Vancouver match that we just played. Same thing with the Minnesota match that we've just played. What it's proven is that we belong right where we are, somewhere between 5th and ninth by the end of decision day. Because you know what? Carson's going to be somewhere between 5th and ninth. Minnesota's going to be somewhere between 5th and ninth. Vancouver's going to be somewhere between 5th and ninth. But the wins that we had, the wins that we had that were so big, the San Jose match against a team that had nothing left to play for. We had to put that team away, and we did 3-1. The Dallas match, which wound up being much more hard-fought than it should have been against a bunch of young kids that had nothing to lose but a team that we should have put away, we did 3-2. And when we had to step up against the Seattle Sounders, who at the time were number one in the West by a decent margin, 
we wound up playing our best by far game of the season. Yes, better than the 4-0 sporting win. 3-0 against Seattle, a team effort all the way around. We're unbeaten in six matches, and yet it has taken this large of a shovel digging out for this long of a time for us to still be at the mercy of one or two or three or four teams needing to help us out with results or else we don't make the playoffs. So I get your frustration out there. Black and gold faithful, you are right to be frustrated for this season. However, you've been saying that a lot more than I have, by the way. We're talking about two Mets fans here <laughs> that have hopeless, lived, hopeless optimists. We have lived our lives. On the edge of the diving board of frustration. Let me tell you about that. Being a Metropolitans fan, starting out the season 11 and 1, full of hope and optimism, having a 70 some odd percent chance. Hey, where have I heard that number before, Philly? <laughs> having a 70 uh, oh, no. some odd percent chance to make the playoffs in August after the All Star break, only to finish a multitude of games out of first place in the playoffs by the time the season had ended. Well, at least. LAFC has given you a little bit of hope all the way through to week 34. Now, look, I'm not going to say imagine what it's like to be a Chicago Fire fan. Oh, what a Ooh, dumpster fire. Chicago that's Fire, been. Their, their front office told seven players they're not renewing their contract, so they're not even showing up to the last match of the season. We'll talk about bonehead front office. That's imagine the Imagine what it's like to be an Austin FC fan who had to throw all their eggs into the basket today of beating a good team like Sporting KC to give your season a lift. Imagine a team like Houston Dynamo who apparently played today and lost. And by the way, their season is over. They don't even get to play on decision day. Imagine being, imagine being any team in the state of Texas right now. They're absolutely terrible. They've been eliminated for a month and a half. Imagine being FC Cincinnati. <laughs> imagine being these teams that have come in and, and have nothing to play for by August. And yet here we are, as frustrated as we are, as awful as this season has been for so many stretches. We go into decision day with a chance. Not a great one, but a good one. We go into it with a chance, but none of it matters unless we get three points. Now, one last thing that we wanted to mention before we wrap up this podcast, we want to send our condolences to the family of one Alex Dwyer. Dweezy, uh, an awful situation occurred over the last week where Dweezy lost his mother to an accident. And uh, look, I, I we don't know what to say here at Defenders. Dweezy is a beloved member of this community. He is woven into the fabric of not just the LAFC media community, the podcast family, the North End, the 3252 supporters groups. He is a huge part of many of our lives out there. He is one of the best people that we know, and I mean that not sarcastically, but in every way, shape, and form. He is one of the uh, one of the most well-rounded people that you'll ever speak to. He can talk to you about the intricacies of the 352 while sipping this tea that he can tell you the origin about. Just, just a good soul. And the fact that this happened, the fact that his family is now dealing with this tragedy, and, and we know that there are a lot of different families in the black and gold universe that are, are dealing with things, but we wanted to send a special shout-out and condolences to Alex Dwyer. 
Yep, there's a GoFundMe page. The link should still be available on our Instagram. So if you want to help contribute to the uh, to the Dwyer family, you could go ahead and do so by clicking that link. Uh, a horrible situation, but hey, we are a community. We all stick together, shoulder to shoulder. Uh, our condolences out to to Alex and and, and the Dwyer family. One last thing I kind of wanted to mention real quick yeah. was. Um, why is it that at the end of the season, when things aren't going so well, yeah. we hear the P word coming from the South End? Or, or from anywhere in the South Or from anywhere, but obviously a lot of it came from the South End. It's a very frustrating thing. We, we make so many positive steps. We move so many steps forward. Inclusivity, this being the community that it's in. And, and and you have a bunch of idiots. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I really wish I could use more expletive words. Idiots that try to ruin it for everybody. Here's what I have to say to those that were offended by this. You being offended by, 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 all, by all means, you absolutely should be offended by it. But know that the people that are really within this community and there all the time, they stand with you shoulder to shoulder. The idiots that say that, they're, they're not... They're not regulars. Don't let a situation like that think that anything has been completely polluted. Yes. Is there debris in the water? Absolutely. But we're still here to help clean it up. We want this to be an all-inclusive scenario. Everybody is welcome at LAFC. Pieces of trash like that that yell that word, they don't belong within our community. And if you had been one of those people that utilized the P word... Uh, you're an idiot and I don't want you listening to this podcast. And if you get offended by it, feel free to at me. I don't give a damn. We need to absolutely like stamp out that word from this stadium, from this community. It has no business, no place in Bank of California Stadium or within the LAFC community. And that's my thoughts on that. Yeah, here's the thing. If you think it's just Philly and the Scarf getting on their soapbox about this word, you're an idiot because there has been a backlash throughout the entire football soccer community with this word being used over and over and over again. Just ask Mexico's national team, El Tri, who are going to have to play two of their next matches without fans because of the continued use of this word. It is not a part of soccer culture. Oh, I was raised that way, and we just say that. We don't mean it in the... No, shut up. Shut up. You sound like some of my middle schoolers when I catch them red-handed doing something stupid, and they're just sitting there, diarrhea of the mouth. They call that logoria. It's a Greek root. Logos means word. Rhea means poop. <laughs> word poop. <laughs> oh, I'm going to have some That's fun with that word. That's what's coming out of your mouth if you try to defend the use of that chant. Oh, it doesn't mean that... Stop. You know what it does? It offends people. And if you ask people that use that word, well, would you use the N-word in a chant? Well, well, no, I wouldn't use that. Well, what about the other gay slur that starts with an F? Would you use that in a chant? Well, no, no, that's clearly offensive. You idiots, so is this word. If you think it belongs in our community, the only thing that doesn't is you. Yep. You need to go. And you know what? Please take that word with you. You're far worse than the fans that throw stupid bottles onto the field after they're upset. You're far worse than the fans that'll get into fights with Carson out in the parking lot. You're far worse than the fans that'll do any of the other stupid hooliganisms that we really don't need. But you know what? This one, this one is the hill that we will die on. This one is the hill that we will try to eradicate from this culture. It has no business being here. And you know what? You may not feel like it in the moment. If you're in the South End, you might not want to stand up to him. But just, just you know what? Take a picture. Put him on social media. Put him out there so that the world can see who this trash is. So that we don't allow them in our club anymore. Because that word does not belong 
not just in Bank of California Stadium, not just in Major League Soccer, not just in football. That word doesn't belong. It just doesn't belong Fair. anymore. That's it. Absolutely. And that's all we have to say about that. Yep. I I, I made a mistake. You're right. It 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 doesn't belong in the game period. I said Bank of California Stadium. No, but I was, you, you were absolutely right with what you said. I'm yeah. just taking another step further, too. We're, 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 we... We're all inclusive in this community. There, there should be nobody that that fears being a part of the community. It doesn't matter what any like your thoughts, ideology. None of that stuff matters. Yeah. Uh, the only color that matters is black and gold. The only ideology that matters is passion for LAFC, and that's it. Everybody's welcome. And for anybody who wants to be demeaning towards anybody for for whatever reason, piss off. And that's that. Yeah, that's that. And that's episode one seventy six. We've certainly talked a lot today. You know what? Though we had a lot to talk about. And we had a lot of fun in the process. We did. And you know what? We only have one more regular season game to talk about, Philly, before we talk about MLS Cup playoffs. And I didn't even bring up the fact that the greatest living American lost to the New York Giants twice in Super Bowls. And that could oh, be us. We got so close, defenders. We got so stinking close. But you know how we like to end all our episodes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.